0: Welcome to Swanglinese, the only podcast talking the language of business here in the Middle East. Your hosts, Barry Lee Cummings and Oscar Andermo, give you their own insights, as well as interviewing business leaders in the region to help you on your entrepreneurial journey. Barry, Oscar, let's talk Swanglinese. Hello and a very warm welcome to this episode of Swanglinese. This week in the studio, I have the company of Vitek Ladislav. Uh, Thank you very much for joining us, Vitek. How are you? Uh, I'm fantastic. Thank you very much for having me. It's great to have you on here. And uh, I've, I've been following you on LinkedIn for a little while now. And so I'm really happy to be able to actually talk to you. Um, but as always with our, um, our podcast, it's, it's really about your journey. So um, uh, with all our, our guests, I hand it back over to you and say, okay, Vitek, tell us a bit about you. Where did it start? How did your professional journey start? Where did it start? Your area of professionalism. And then we'll work up to how we got here today on this podcast in Dubai. <laughs> uh, well, um, I'm pretty old, so I hope you don't,
1: uh, we don't need to spend two hours, you know, and talking about, <laughs> about all my history and all that. But um, I'm originally from Prague, from Czech Republic. Uh, I've been here in Dubai for the last eight years, from 2012. Um, and the way how I got here, it's kind of interesting, because I, uh, originally I'm, I'm, um, I'm a TV producer and I produce right. a lot of golf shows. Um, my always, my, my TV life was about golf. Um, I was a TV commentator. I was a TV anchor. Um, and uh, I did a lot of TV documentaries. I, I worked for golf channel for a number of years. I traveled mm. the world with golf. You know, I, I went to us for, you know, masters and, and opens and Ryder cups and all that stuff. And, um, and obviously, you know, golf and Dubai, you know, there you go, right? Yeah. Uh, so Two thousand nine, when uh, the DP World Tour Championship, we just finished actually yesterday, when uh, when um, uh, it was first announced here, uh, it was first uh, first tournament. I was I was covering it for Golf Channel then, and then from that time on, I kind of like I thought, uh, yeah, that might be nice, uh, you know, to. Kind of do business around here so we talked to with with my business partner then we had a, a, a production house in in Prague in Czech Republic and we thought okay let's um, let's set up some you know uh, a branch or, or, or business here down in, in Dubai so 2012 I relocated actually 2013 January 2013 I like relocated here I didn't know anybody. I didn't know a, a, a living soul. Really, I had just like a couple of, couple of people um, who I knew, but um, no other connections whatsoever. So it was big adventure to, to wow. land here. And um, yeah, eight, eight years on, I'm still kicking. So uh, I think, I think um, along the way, I did something right. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's, that's pretty much the, the origin of the story
0: yeah that's it in a, in a nutshell so with the production house with the um for, from the golfing side of things was that always your own business that you were doing uh from that side of things and you were then contracted in to cover things like the the masters and so yeah. forth was yes so, exactly so where did that um entrepreneurial spirit come from if you like in terms of uh, most not, not most a lot of people we talk to start out in the corporate world and they're employed by somebody uh, doing something and then they realize you know what i think i can do this better um, and they they decide to go down that journey but you you from the outset knew that this was something that you wanted to do on your own or how, how did that come about
1: well that's a it's a really interesting question because um You know, I grew up in communist country. Uh, I grew up in Czech Republic and there was no any entrepreneurship whatsoever. You know, like there was a, you know, everything was state owned Right. Um, So there's no history in my family of, uh, you know, somebody running a business. So I think I'm kind of like the the, the first pioneer in my, in my line of family who, who does that. And uh, I can say that I've actually um, except one year in when I was like 18, I think when I was employed um, I was always running my own business,
0: wow,
1: so I never fantastic. was in inside any corporate structure or anything like that. I, um, I learned I the school of hard knocks, I, I think we call them, right? <laughs> That's what the called, Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and especially in the media when I, um, I, when I work in the media, in the media majority of, of, uh, of the professionals, they will tell you that you learn on a, on a set, you don't learn in a school, even though you go to the film school, that will give you just basic understanding of certain things, but then you still need to pull the cables. You need to carry the cameras. You need to carry the, the, the tripods, the lights and stuff, you know, and then see, you know, what's happening and how, and, and where, um, you know, and all these things. So, so obviously that was, that was, the, that was me learning uh, the things, you know, from the thing, you know, I remember very vividly in know, first masters uh, when I covered for, for TV, for actually Czech national TV that time. And, um, I was asked to, uh, to broadcast, um, like a one piece to actually edit one piece and send it back for broadcasting because the broadcasting went from, from Czech, um, Czech studio in, in Prague. And, right. uh, so I had my tape of, I somehow figured out how to put the, the that time still on the tapes, you know, yeah, not, not physical tape, yeah. way, <laughs> still on the tape. So I managed to actually put some some footage on a tape, and then I went to SNG, uh, the truck. Because they, I was sent there and then I was standing there with the tape and this director was looking at me and said, What do you want? And I said, Well, I would like to send this to Czech Republic and he said and he started to talk to me about all these, you know, frequencies and this and that. I had absolutely no clue whatsoever what he's talking about. And I felt like the you know, the, the, the loser of losers because, you know, there he comes, you know, the big T V commentator from Prague, from Czech Republic, not knowing at all what he actually should do with this. So, so that was kind of, kind of funny, funny stuff. But again, that's how you learn.
0: It, well, it is, isn't it? You, you go into these positions and these situations and uh, you come out of it wiser. Um, and, and hopefully you meet some people along the way that don't look at you like the loser of loser. They look at you and say, okay, well, obviously need some, some help and some guidance and, uh, and offer it hopefully along the way. Um, with that in mind, there's, there's obviously quite a big difference between the Czech Republic and, and the UAE and Dubai. How did you find that transition in terms of you know being here uh, with, with the covering the Gulf and then looking at it saying, yeah, this seems like a nice place that we might be able to do some business how was that whole process in terms of shifting over here and actually setting up the business on the ground here
1: um i think from the perspective of a setting setting a business uh, that wasn't really that that difficult i think i think the infrastructure and and um and the other people around me uh, helped me quite a lot with uh, with set, setting the business um so that wasn't really a, a problem um, I think what, what was slightly, slightly different is the mentality. Um, you know, whenever you come here as a tourist, you always look at the place from very, very different angle than when you are here and you're living here. And then when mm-hmm. you're living here, then you see, uh, you know, all these nitty gritty things, which you normally as a tourist probably do not notice, mm-hmm. um, and uh, like one of the one of the first thing first hurdle which i i stumble upon is the lack of connections as simple yeah. as that um that's the, that's the biggest thing um and then so so i thought straight away like uh, okay fine like uh, here i am you know on my own not knowing i mean really i just knew like a two three people in dubai um and trying to figure out how to uh, how to widen my scope and how to basically get some business, right? Like, because mm-hmm. I, I, so, so, uh, but on the other hand, you know, having said that uh, there are a lot of networking events and a lot of networking opportunities and networking here is not a curse word as, as it is in, in Czech Republic, for example, right. if I talk about Czech, uh, networking in Czech Republic, everybody will looking at me like, a, Oh, that's not really for me mm-hmm. here. It's right. Uh, rather different because I think, uh, because we are all expats here, we understand that we need to help one another, and we need to kind of like a come together and and you know network and basically create these business opportunities for. So so yeah, actually, I became part of BNI, and I'm I'm actually still uh, part of BNI for you know last six years. Uh, so that gave me a lot of lot of visibility, and uh, and I created actually my own YouTube channel uh, at the beginning, uh, which I mentioned that uh, it called Dubai Interviews, and I was interviewing. People like a CEOs and 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 managers and and uh, like a, my potential clients, giving them the opportunity to basically talk about the business and life, something like what we do here now. Right now, I just recorded it as a as a video, put it on a YouTube channel, trying to put there some some visibility behind this. So so, um, giving myself some visibility in front of those people I wanted to do business with. So that was quite that that uh, that was quite successful as well.
0: And how did you reach out to those people in the first place? Obviously, with no no network on the ground as such, you, you still need to get in contact with those people to say, would you like to be interviewed for my YouTube channel? How did you go about that?
1: Yeah, that's a great bridge to LinkedIn right now. Um, so obviously, yeah, I was part of LinkedIn uh, from very early uh, early on, um, even though I didn't understand how to use mm-hmm. the the uh, platform properly, I knew that there are some people and if I need to read I need to figure out who is the CEO of I don't know Johnson and Johnson for example, I knew that I can I can just go there and figure and, and see the name. So that was that was basically how I used LinkedIn then. Um, i use it in a very very similar way still uh, till till this time because i do a lot of business outreach and and i drive business for my company through linkedin but yeah that was pretty much pretty much it uh, how i how i got the names of of those people i wanted to be introduced to or put in front of so yeah, yeah i was using linkedin linkedin a lot then
0: yeah right so linkedin way back then way back then i say that it's it's not that long ago but it, it was a very different beast to what it is today and i think that especially when you'll be able to to back this up that you still talk to people who see linkedin as a solely as a recruitment platform mm. you know that's where i put my cv if i'm looking for a job and miraculously somebody will contact me to offer me a job but it has so much more to offer than that so you got in let's say this is seven years ago um to, to have actively um, utilize that What were some of the things that you were, was it just direct outreach that you were going for or did you go down some of the other um, areas? The reason I'm asking this is obviously you're now the LinkedIn, in my eyes, you're the LinkedIn guy when it comes to video content and so forth. I'm interested in you telling the story of how it's, it started for you in two thir- 2013, reaching out to those people to the involvement of what you're doing now with, with some of the stuff that, that you're putting out there. Have the, the strategies changed um, in, in terms of your learning? Have they remained quite similar? Um, just to, to talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So, so, uh, LinkedIn is changing and obviously the strategy is changing or need to be adapted, uh, uh adapt to, to the situation along. So, so yes, in, in this, um, as you mentioned, uh, LinkedIn was always seen as a recruiter site. It's, uh, it's seen more and more as a, as a business side. And if you look at the social media and you digital marketer, so you know it better than I do. Um, that you know, when you look at all the social media sites, really, uh, the, the 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 one which we call which we can call business social media site is really LinkedIn, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, you put on your your business hat whenever you go to to LinkedIn, because otherwise, um, you you know very few people that, that would do business on on some other social media are definitely not TikTok or maybe along uh, later on. Um, but back to your uh, to your question, yes. Um, at the beginning, I was using it really only for for the for the direct outreach. So I wasn't posting any content, um, very very few articles here and there. Not really thinking about my visibility or um, my expertise uh, or, or sharing my expertise and my skills on on the platform. That has changed uh, over 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 the years. And then I start to see that, you know, there are some people who actually, you know, posting some content and they're getting some visibility, they're getting some uh, some comments and all that. So I was thinking, okay, fine, that's maybe something uh, something in it for me too. Um, mm-hmm. And even though we all, I think we have this imposter syndrome, we always think like, okay, why me? Like, come on, yeah. like, I'm not really, you know, what, who am I to to share that kind of things, you know? But actually, um, I, I'm trying to get over the (laughs) feelings like that and sharing really something, which what, what I've learned, what I've experienced, what I know. And, uh, and then, yeah, just putting it out there. Other people who are, you know, smarter and, and more experienced, of course they are. And that's, that's fine. That's okay. Um, but still I can, I can give my, you know, Two cents um, uh, to to those who uh, are okay and they are they are willing to listen listen to uh, to me. So so yeah, over the over the over the years, I try to put more and more content and um, and yeah. I grew my, you know, from, from beginning, you know, when I remember, I remember when I had about like a 350, uh, 50 connections on my, on my LinkedIn channel, which was still in in Prague, actually, when I was, when I was on, and I was thinking like, there are some people who have 500 people on, on, on mm-hmm. LinkedIn. That's incredible. You know, how, how on earth, you know, you can get to 500. And um, like an hour, I have I don't know like a twelve thousand, and and you know, <laughs> and then yeah. I see the people who have like a hundred thousand. I'm thinking, oh, my God! Like it's incredible, right? So, so I think that's just a perception of of uh, of how the platform has evolved. Now it has more than seven hundred million people um, who are like a registered users, and what I really like and I use I this number uh, during my uh, seminars and, and online trainings, you know, there are 4 million, more than 4 million users here in UAE, mm-hmm. uh, which is incredible number if you think of it, because that's more than 40% or almost like a, around 40% of the population of UAE uh, is actually on, uh, mm-hmm. uh, on, on on this platform on LinkedIn. So that tells you something that people are there. I mean, yeah, I understand that not, all of them are active, not all of them posting some content. But, you know, interestingly enough, many times you, when, when you post some content and even people, they are not commenting, not liking, then I get somebody who DM me, like a direct message me and they say, Oh, you know what? I've been following your content for, you know, for one year and I really like your content. And he never liked my never content, engaged. never commented <laughs> on no content. But then one day he just needs my service or needs my, my expertise. And then he DMs me. So I think, I think that's really kind of like a hidden gem of of a LinkedIn that there are many people who are going to the platform, observing what is happening there, maybe not reacting too much, not being active too much, but still, I think that's, that's really good for us, for business owners. It's a great window of opportunity to really put our expertise out there um, and share really our knowledge, our skills, um, what we know, and uh, definitely that that's gonna that's that's gonna pay off in you know short or longer term definitely
0: i agree 100% this is something that i've i've uh, when i talk to students and and so forth i've done some training around linkedin and i see um this and again if you agree do do you agree that it's underrated as a platform in terms Absolutely. of yeah there's so much opportunity on there the yeah. the figure that i used a little while ago was something to do with the the whole, the total number of users being at 700 million plus now. And then the percentage of people that are actually creating content is something like less than 1% of of, of all those 700 million. So that if you do decide to go and create content and you can get over your imposter syndrome and get comfortable with being in front of the camera and putting this stuff out there, you'll be seen and you'll be seen. I think you made a great point. You'll be seen by people who have got their business head on. So if you're interested in business, if you're interested in pushing your business further, this is the platform where people are thinking about that. And so that if you start to become visible to them, they're already in that mindset much more than they would be on Facebook or TikTok or Snapchat or Instagram, in my opinion, depending on your business, obviously, but that they are already thinking that way. And so if you start to position yourself the right way on here, um, a, it's, it's easier to be seen because less people are actually creating the content, and B, your audience is, is more in tune with what you're putting out there anyway to say, you know what, oh, that's interesting. And, and I think it's also very interesting that you see people who are following you not engaging for a long period of time, but then when the time is right, they're like, oh, hey, Vitek, uh, I've been following you for a long time. I need your help right now. And, and yeah. I think that's very valuable for people to understand that, Sometimes people are always measuring the the success of their socials. Like, well, how many likes did I get on that? Were there enough comments? Did anybody share that? And sometimes there isn't. Um, but that don't take that as a uh, a reason to stop doing it. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Keep keep pushing it because mm-hmm. this is something I want your your opinion on. The we had a little discussion before we started recording. How what, what is the level of regularity that you would advise people on when it comes to your LinkedIn content strategy for example
1: um, again you know you know uh, as all social media marketers and you are digital marketers so you know you know this very well uh, being regular uh, being consistent is extremely important uh, on the social media and obviously uh, LinkedIn is no different from from this perspective. So, um, I normally advise to be on the platform, uh, be visible to your clients about three times a week. That's, okay. uh, that's kind of like the, for me, I would say that's the minimum, uh, okay. because if somebody is there for once in a month or, or posting the content once in a month, the LinkedIn algorithm is really not learning anything about what you do and, and how to actually promote your content to the wider audience. So, so being consistent and being there at least three times a week, I think it's really, uh, really helpful. I see that, you know, I'm, I'm posting content every day on a daily basis. I used to post content three times a day, wow. uh, which was a bit extreme, I think, uh, for, for some people, but I was just trying to, to figure out, you know, uh, what, and I wanted to see. So that was my testing the platform. And I can see now that once you actually, it's almost like, um, you know, you, you teach the artificial intelligence, what you do and, and what is your content about. Uh, then once they get the grip on, uh, on your, uh, you know, uh, on, on your topics and uh, that stuff, then you can kind of like slowly withdraw the, the intensity of the posting. So now um, by posting once in a, once in a, uh, like a once in a day, uh, it gets me basically almost the same, same numbers as, uh, as I had before. Uh, actually, I can see now that the LinkedIn algorithms is changing slightly as well, and then I can see some of my old posts uh, you know popping up in some other people 's um, okay. um, you know feed you know even two three days later, which hasn 't happened you know like uh, you know a few months back mm-hmm. so so I think um, that 's also you know you need to think about the longevity of your post and um and if if you're posting some content, try to really um, make that content um, valuable. So that's one one thing which which I will always always say is that you know whenever you post for the sake of posting, just don't do that. Um, mm. Rather make sure that the post is really valuable. It makes sense. It uh, it brings some um, it brings some value to to your to your audience because only then you receive some engagement, right? If the post is about if you if you don't you know. If you're posting about, about things that nobody cares about, uh, then obviously you can't expect that people will, will react and we engage with your, with your post. Yeah. So okay. I think the content is always, always important objective. Why do you, do you do that? Like, why do I post this post? Is it, um, it's very, very important, um, to keep in mind all the time.
0: Sure. No, they're no, very, very valuable. I, I do. I have this conversation a lot and don't post for the sake of posting um, because it also skews your data because sometimes and this is the, you know, it's a very trite example by saying somebody comes in and says, oh, I haven't, I am not got anything planned. I don't know I'll I'll post that video of, uh, of cats falling off the roof and, and so forth. And, and of course they get massive engagement on it because who doesn't love cats falling off roofs, but it doesn't it's not a reflection on anything that you do. It's not a reflection on the potential for anything. But when you look at your data, there's this sudden huge spike in engagement and you think, oh, well maybe I should be posting more of that kind of content. And it, it disrupts the whole flow of, of the business, I think, when, when it comes to your content. Um, I think, I think but, very, uh, for, for this, uh, I, I would like to add just one, one more thing.
1: I like, I like the word strategy. Uh, I think um, whenever, whatever we do in a business, well, we need to make sure that we have certain strategy. We don't just, you know, throw uh, the uh, the stone into into the lake and just see the ripples, you know, mm-hmm. to kind of like disappear, right? Uh, we want to know that the th- throwing the stone makes sense. You know, we know why we're doing it. And and many times I can see that people are more intuitive in, in their, you know, as a business owners, <laughs> most of the time we are firefighters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we are not really very strategic. We are doing... Uh, we are do, we don't, we not do the important thing. We do the things uh, which are, which are imminent or something which, you know, really, um, which really makes, you know, we, we firefighting it. That, that's, that, that's the word what I'm uh, trying mm-hmm. to use. So, so I think the strategy uh, for the LinkedIn is also extremely important. You know, just make sure that you know why you're on the platform, what do you want from the platform? What is, what is, what do, what do you want? to get out of it, so do you understand what you need to put in it.
0: Yeah, no, very, very, very true, 100% agree. Something on that uh, with the content, obviously, based on your background, do you see any um, or have any data for your own content that would suggest that video content is preferable to written content or still images? Um, Is is that true to say? Or And it's a bit of a leading question based on your background with videography and, and, and film, but from your own experience, would you say that this is the case? Uh, don't get
1: me wrong just because I, yeah, I always say this, this also during, during my seminars, you know, just because I run video marketing agency, I will not push on you video just because of that. Right. Mm. Okay. I'm a business owner. I want to see what's the most effective, um, uh, tool, which I can use if it's a video, so be it, if it's a written text, so be it, if it's something else then I will, I will jump on that. So I'm trying to see and test really what works. And uh, what I can really see that, um, and again, it's been proven by by some other LinkedIn LinkedIn experts and uh, guys who were testing it as well. Actually, written text works quite well in like a written short short text uh, text post. They really work uh, fairly well. Uh, what I'm currently exploring is those carousels. Mm. um you know documents which you can so you can actually upload a pdf to linkedin and it has for example eight or 10 slides or 14 slides you shouldn't really do many slides why is is it is it important because linkedin uh, algorithm works on uh on a dwell time so right. linkedin algorithm wants to see how long somebody will stay on your post and these documents because you scroll through them you know slide by slide then uh, you, you know, the dwell time is much longer. That's why yeah. also video works quite well because people watch the video. So therefore they, they scrolling, they come to your video, they click on a video and they watch the video. So the dwell time dwell time of this post is longer. That's why video gets, gets a little bit, a little bit better visibility as well. So right. I'm, I'm exploring currently, currently these, these documents. And I can say that again, if you, if you, um, uh, if you create these documents, Um, As a a rich content, um, people will appreciate it. So for example, imagine five mistakes you're making in digital marketing. Mm -hmm. So you can, you know, you get five different slides uh, and then, you know, people can read about what, what are the main mistakes they are making? You know, yeah. it makes sense. It gives them some some like an overall picture. It it enriches them. It educates them. You know, all this all this stuff. So so it's not a fluff. It's not any any like a uh, no value content. Yeah.
0: No. So people are happy with it. Makes sense. No, I think it, that's a very good uh, insight actually. Because I saw on your your profile, you've got the like the LinkedIn checklist and the LinkedIn quiz, yeah. and I was thinking that's actually really useful. The other thing, I, there's two things I wanted to ask on that. First, before we move on to that, the video side of things is always the, the question about have you done any of the testing to see how long is the optimum video on LinkedIn in terms of everyone talks about, well, people don't have the attention span now, it needs to be 30 seconds, it needs to be sec- 60 seconds. But then there's also some evidence to show that, especially for podcasts, for example, the longer form podcasts are being listened to by more people because you get to dig into the ins and outs and people get to go backwards and forwards. So have you got any insight into that when it comes to LinkedIn video time? yeah
1: so so again we tested we tested uh, um, different different duration of the videos and what we found for our audience and again it might it might differ from you know from other audience but uh, for our audience what works is really video about 30 seconds 45 seconds
0: okay
1: yeah so and what i do with these videos it's usually like a short snippet which invites people to watch the video if they are interested uh, to watch video Uh, somewhere else. And usually Mm -hmm. that place is YouTube. Uh, Again, if you think of it, YouTube is a channel for videos, right? So when people go to YouTube, they put on a hat, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch video. Uh, I want to watch video. This is, this is the objective, right? Um, when people are on LinkedIn, they are not necessarily have that hat on, you know, with the video. So they want to be educated. They, they want to um, research. They want to get some news and all these kind of ed- edutained as, as we call it. Um, sure. That's fine. Uh, but so, uh, so those videos need to be, need to fit in that, into that category. So people are not necessarily go to watch how to videos on YouTube and spend, for example, you know, half an hour on, on watching some kind of video like that. That doesn't, doesn't make, doesn't make sense. Um, so, so what we, what we've seen, what we've researched and what, what work, work, uh, worked for us was about like a 30 to 45 seconds, up to one minute, um, uh, short videos, and and then inviting people if they are interested just just to, to to send them send them away and by the way Just talking about this. Um, I think it's important to add Always 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 upload this video natively to linkedin Never add the link so so don't have the video on youtube for example and just take the link and put it on on your post um I have, seen, I have seen that really these posts will get much less engagement because LinkedIn doesn't like that you're leaving the platform. Mm-hmm. So uh, links within the, the body of the post are heavily um, punished right. in that sense yeah. from the LinkedIn <laughs> algorithm. So yeah. always try to upload the video natively and don't add any links within the body. Put them in the comments.
0: Great advice. Fantastic. Awesome tip there. I'm, I'm going to pay attention to that because I think I'm. I definitely knew about the native side of things, but I think I also put links into my body, so I'm going to amend that. Barry, I, I,
1: I again, I tested these things. I try to test everything what, what I do on LinkedIn, and I see whenever I post, uh, post, and I put the link inside the body, and then I posted something similar with the, with the links in the comments. That those those second mm-hmm. posts get much much better engagement and much better visibility than the first one
0: awesome no that's really really valuable insight there that's fantastic um i'm gonna pick, pick your brains for a little bit more of that kind of insight as well coming back to your um your comment about the carousels and your checklists and so forth mm-hmm. something that i've also noticed and maybe that i just didn't notice but it, it's new to me is this featured area on your profile and what i've seen you do is that you take these um carousels and then you put them into your featured area can you tell me a little bit about why and, and what is that a new feature or have i just just not noticed it and and what's the benefit yeah doing that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It is actually, it is a new feature which uh, came, uh, I mean, I think LinkedIn introduced this a few months ago, a few months back. Um, So, so I will start a little bit wider. LinkedIn profile is your landing page. Mm -hmm. Treat it as as landing page. So imagine, all the activities which you do on on LinkedIn, people will click on your uh, on your profile, and they will go back to your profile and they will check your profile. So so make sure that whatever you start with, uh, you know, doing on LinkedIn, first check your LinkedIn page, um, that your 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 profile is really done. Like you know, you know, all the things are there. And one of the feature which um, which is there, it's the, the feature post. And the feature post is basically giving you ability. Um, and give some more visibility to certain specific posts which you have written in the past. So imagine that, for example, um, you probably stumble upon my LinkedIn checklist. So LinkedIn checklist is a post which I created about I don't know two three weeks ago, and obviously if I leave it there in a, in a post feed, it will get buried, yes. right? Like because yeah. I post every day, then obviously you know you wouldn't need to scroll all the way down, you know, somewhere. And then probably you wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. So if somebody lands on my profile, I will give, and, and that, that post is for me very important. I will give him, uh, that sneak peek and I will say, Oh, this is my important post. This is the featured post, which I want you to see. So right. people can go and click on that. And it's not just about post. You can actually add video there or some document. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not yeah. just about the post but you can also put a video before actually this feature was within your uh within your about section about you could section. actually add videos if you remember yeah uh, before so so linkedin actually took that out of of that of that about and created um, the new section uh, so you have a two and a half thumbnails which you can always put on on um uh on the actually, I, I think on the desktop i think on on a on a, uh, on uh, on the app on the linkedin app is just one and a half one and a yeah. half thumbnails so so like a basically two posts but yeah do use it and you can also uh, you can reorganize it so even though um, you know these posts are not uh, it's not necessary to to be to be organized as as you posted them right so uh, it's not
0: chronologically ordered you can yes. you can make it what you want and that's always something i i would suggest people do because then if you've got something that you've got that's more prominent, uh, stick it at the front <laughs> and let, let people see it. Um, on, on that, this is something that was uh, way back when, when LinkedIn first introduced LinkedIn Pulse, um, which was the the articles. And this is related to this in terms of that was for influencers at that stage. So, you know, Richard Branson and Bill Gates had this option. And then then they released it to everybody. Is there a, a benefit to creating your content as an article on LinkedIn versus a post? Or should you be doing both? Or how does that... How does that figure into things at the moment? Because I'm always, I'm always thinking. Well, the the article seems to be allowing me to almost create it as a almost like a blog post within the LinkedIn platform. So should I be doing that, or and do I need to allocate time to that, or should I be doing just the post? Is that enough, or should I realistically be doing everything? Mm-hmm.
1: So, so I look at yeah, um, it's it's uh, I look at the articles on the LinkedIn as a blog post, and it's okay. it's the same. I don't like to write blogs, to be honest, but I understand there is. a um, you know, from the SEO perspective and all that, it's, it's important to actually for you uh, to write the blog post. Um, and if you want to do that and if you can do it, uh, by all means, write the LinkedIn, LinkedIn articles. Um, mm-hmm. they are, they are, they are longer form content. So, so they'll, they have a longer, uh, longer text and they are also on the platform for kind of, they have a long longer longevity than okay. the, the normal post. Yeah. Right. Uh, and I'm coming back to the strategy, what, uh, what I like to do. So I created few articles or I wrote few articles and what I normally do after some time, uh, I go actually and send people from my first degree connections. I send them DMs, direct messaging mm-hmm. and tell them, uh, by the way, uh, you know, this is my article, which I wrote, you know, some time ago. What do you think about it? Or, or, you know, asking them to kind of like a revisit that, that, that article and also okay. whenever i i, I uh, accept certain connections i tell them guys this is my you know article which i wrote about this topic what do you think about it so again okay. kind of like a trying to get the traffic to to that because um, to get the traffic to articles is not that easy um, people you know people are engaged more with with posts with um, yeah. you know updates there, not, not with the articles. So you need to create certain strategy around how to get people to, to see your your articles.
0: Yeah, that's really invaluable, actually, because that was one of the things that it's, it seems like it should be worth creating them, but then it's not really, they're not really Actively visible directly from your 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 profile page. You have to kind of go looking as to how where would I find their articles and then go and look. And, and people just aren't going to do that. Um, so it was a case of right. Well, how if I'm going to write them, where would I um, do that? But that's a really interesting one as well to repurpose it once it's done and and, and actually directly point people in the direction of them. And I think that's a really good one actually for new connections. Um, if you get new connections, say, this is something that I created. Um, I'd love your feedback on it. That's a, that's a really useful Cool. Um, I don't want to go too much into the LinkedIn <laughs> optimization because I, I would be able to talk to you forever about it because I think – Again, one of the reasons when 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 connected to 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 talk to you is I really do think LinkedIn is such a powerful platform that people are not taking advantage of, um, and it's something that over the last couple of years I've also seen people like Gary Vaynerchuk, so Gary V has been really on a, an active, you know, this is where you should be putting content because there's such a huge opportunity, and he says the same of TikTok as well. But I was always very um, very interested in the whole LinkedIn profile and and, and making that especially from a digital perspective and your online reputation. Cause usually when you put somebody's name into Google, the thing that pops up first is your LinkedIn profile. So you want to make that be as, comprehensive and as positive an image of you as you possibly can because that's what probably a lot of people are going to find when they google you or you know you, you give somebody a business card at a, a, a conference virtual or physical these days they're going to go and look you up and, and what they're going to find well almost certainly linkedin um, and does that portray you the way that uh, that you want them to so i think uh, on on linkedin you're also doing some um you do deliver training right on these kind of things as well that both yeah. um virtually and physically and so i just want to talk a little bit about that because i, I and again correct me if i'm wrong the virtual side of things has that been uh, enhanced by the current situation in the world when it comes to covid and, and whatnot has that led you to move more into a virtual delivery
1: <laughs> yes uh so so basically i i started this the um, uh, the whole linkedin training uh, we have we have the the brand which called Be LinkedIn smart and its website is belinkedinsmart.com where you can find a little bit more about this so it started about 2 years back and it started basically as, um, as I, as I mentioned, you know, I, I did some outreach business outreach. So I was, I was, uh, uh figuring out how to reach out to people, um, uh, which I wanted to do business with. And mm-hmm. my, my friends, they, they kept, they keep asking me, you know, how do you do this? How do you do that on LinkedIn? So basically I always say, okay, you know what, like, let me organize one workshop. So, um, on a very irregular basis, I, I did, I did some workshops here and there, um, And then it became uh, quite regular uh, at the beginning of the COVID period uh, in uh, in the spring because, then many people start, uh, you know, because many people, they were at home, nothing to do really. Um, so um, I threw in one uh, five-day LinkedIn challenge, uh, which which we did right at the beginning. And I got about 1,100 people uh, sign up for, for that challenge. So that was very, very interesting. I did the same challenge in, uh, in London. So like a virtually like a move in, in London as well. So that was mm-hmm. kind of interesting to get um, uh, to, to do this, uh, these challenges. And they became very, very regular. So so up until now from the beginning of COVID period uh, I think I counted it the other day and I did 125 webinars um, uh, you know all throughout all throughout this last last seven months or so so you can imagine it was really <laughs> like a huge ride and a yeah. part of this that was, that was majority of us were free because I was trying to really help people to figure out what they can do and, and how they can, you know, um, how they can become a little bit more visible for in front of their clients. Mm -hmm. Um, And as you rightly mentioned, you know, whenever you Google your name, you figure out that actually LinkedIn profile will come up among those first searches. So are you actually, um, you know, are you actually taking care of your presence on the LinkedIn? You know, how that portrays you, how LinkedIn portrays you, you know, is it, Is it as a pleasant experience or not? You know, so, so I was helping people with, with all that. And obviously, um, along the way came some, some paid things. So, so we created some trainings like proper trainings and all that. So, so yeah, it has been, it's been, it's been, um, developed as we speak, Mm -hmm. um, with into into and, and we do some some content content creation trainings and and LinkedIn Smart Masterclass LinkedIn Smart Corporate Masterclass for corporate clients and and uh, and like this. But we do also a lot of a lot of still a lot of uh, free webinars where we basically mm-hmm. just share the knowledge and what what I'm sharing now now here yeah. with you, so.
0: which is which is awesome. And and I think like you say, especially now people are I have been forced to look at their online presence a bit more, and, and now more than ever thinking about well, does does my LinkedIn actually show me the way that i'd want to or is there no profile picture is there no header image does it have only a sparse amount of content because if that's what people see first of all well that's kind of the the opinion they're going to form of of me Um, and do i want that and then this this is something that i've talked about for a long time from a digital tattoo perspective for the the kids when i talk to them about cyber Mm -hmm. safety but also to professionals say look wherever you are in your business journey you, you may be wanting to move up or move sideways or move somewhere and this is really the, the the one place, like you said, right at the beginning, this is the professional social media channel. Um, and this is where people are going to come looking, whether they're an employer, a recruiter, a, a potential business partner, a potential client. You know, they, they're going to be looking at this and thinking, eh, I'm not so sure that I want to do business with that person. Or I don't think they're going to be a good fit for our for our company. Um and those those judgments are made in milliseconds now, and and so are you able to give somebody that kind of um, kind of impression that would would tip it in your favour? I guess is the way to say that. And I think that you've, you've you know you've really shared a lot of great stuff already in in this uh, in this podcast episode, which I'm really grateful for, uh, Vitek. I'm really really grateful for for the time. I'm going to ask you for one more thing though. Um, you've shared a lot about how we can leverage our our LinkedIn and do certain things from a personal perspective, from an entrepreneurial um, perspective for you as an individual, do you have any um, resources that you would recommend to uh, any of our listeners that might be about to embark on their entrepreneurial journey or are in it and and looking for some inspiration or so forth? Do you have anything that you refer to or have referred to It might be a book, it might be a resource, it might be a mentor um, that you'd say, you know what, definitely go and check this out
1: um yeah it's it, that's, that's really very very interesting and like a one book which uh which is coming to mind as a as a book which i would recommend i mean there there are so many books which you can read and uh, uh but what that which one i really like i like e-myth mm-hmm. okay. um, um I, I really like that that, uh, that book which uh which gave me a lot of insights um and there are, there are, again, there are so many, so many other books which you, which you can read. And I, I, would, I would really recommend to not just read the books, and the, uh, but actually act on them. You know, I, what I'm what I always finding is <laughs> whenever, whenever um, there are people in my, in my sessions and they say, oh, that was a great learning and I learned a lot today. Um, honestly speaking, I don't like this feedback so much. Because I'd like, I'd like when people say, you know what, tomorrow I'm going to do this. Right. You know, that's for me, uh, that's for me the assurance that people not just understood what needs to happen, but they, they have the, the will power to actually do that. So this is my action point. So, so, you know, when would the feedback is okay, now I have these three action points and I'm going to next week, this is what I'm going to do. So that's, that's the feedback, which is much more valuable. Actually my, my business mentor, he always talks about it and it's, it's fantastic example. And let me share it with you. It's just like, he says, if you read a book on uh, how to ride a bike and you can go to the libraries and you can study, you know, how to ride a bike and you can read all possible books, you'll become an expert, theoretical expert on how to ride a bike, but you will not be able to ride a bike because what you need to do, you need to get on the bike distinguish the balance, grapple with it first, distinguish the balance. And then when you, when you, you know, you start writing, right? So only by doing it, you actually putting the knowledge into action. So this is, this is what I really feel. It's, it's extremely important. And I, I see all these excited people, you know, you mentioned Gary V and, um, and other, other, you know, you, you go there and then you, you feel so, you know, enthusiastic and that's fantastic, fantastic. And the next day the life takes over and, and you don't do anything out of whatever you know you you've learned you so learned, i think yeah. i would i would rather i would rather kind of like a, a try to focus on on putting the knowledge into action that's for me, that's for me always, always very important. And if you want, if, if the, the listeners of this podcast want to learn a little bit more about LinkedIn, obviously, um, I think uh, I, I will throw in here my, my little bits. Um, do, I ran uh, actually if, pot-
0: if you didn't, I was going to say right now, tell me about <laughs> this one, because I think just before you do, because I think it's such an important point And it's something that was echoed on my previous guest as well is that coming up with the idea, learning about it, and so forth. That's actually not the hard part. The hard part is, implementing it. And so yes. you have to take that learning and put it into action. Otherwise, it's not really learned from a from a practical perspective. You're like, oh yeah, sure. I, I hear what you're saying, or that sounds interesting, but well now please go and do it, action it, and, and sure. then set, and then come back and give me the feedback on that.
1: And, and Barry, it's, it's extremely important what you just said. Um, I think everyone of us who run a business, we need a business mentor. We need some accountability partner. We need somebody who we are, kind of um, accountable to, even if it's your friend or it's your wife or it's somebody, somebody who has no emotional attachment to your business, mm. and you can go back to and say, "Oh, have a look. You know, now I have this and this. You know, two decision to be made," and this person will will able to ask you certain questions, and, you know, sometimes not really pleasant questions, you yeah. know, like a. Like we were talking about, about the podcast, you know, like from the business perspective, does it make sense or doesn't make sense? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you emotion, like yeah, I'm emotionally attached to my podcast. Does it make any business? Well, not really. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, a, so 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 from the business perspective, perhaps, you know, I need to look at it uh, from, from that angle. Um, and then there are so many other decisions which you need to make within the business, um, which sometimes we we put our emotion into and we shouldn't have. So, mm. so I think really having a business mentor or somebody, again, some accountability partner is extremely important. I really highly advise this to have somebody like that, some group of friends or create that When I mean, I created a group of friends, we call it this and we, in the last four years, we meeting on a monthly basis and we basically, you know, helping one another, you know, with yeah. this with one another
0: yeah well that's a great idea as well. That's a super idea to just have other people look into because like you say we get very dug in and and emotionally invested, and sometimes we're not necessarily making a decision with our uh, our business head we're making it with our you know with our heart and saying oh no you know, I, I I'm doing this but uh, very very good advice and that's an actually one that I think i'm going to I, I do it but not regularly in terms of asking. Mm-hmm friends to, to do this and I think having something in the diary on a monthly basis would actually be quite beneficial for me this is one of the reasons I enjoy doing this podcast as well is is that I get to learn things I'm thinking you know what that's I should be doing that so I appreciate that and before we go there is you know you've shared so much information about LinkedIn already but you also have your own podcast so t- tell us a little bit about that just before you go because I think it's also a really good resource for people to to, to refer to
1: yeah so uh, um, i started uh, i started podcasting at the beginning of COVID. uh we have 30 plus episodes right now so on a weekly basis we're sharing uh basically some tips um, hacks tricks strategies about about linkedin and i'm uh basically interviewing top LinkedIn experts from around the world. So if you want to learn anything uh, about LinkedIn, I just actually finished one uh, episode about, about content creation, you know, about storytelling, about LinkedIn profiles, about how to, uh, you know how to look at the LinkedIn from the recruiter's perspective. So, so for job seekers, for example, so there's a there's a wide variety of topics which we cover within within that um, automation tools. You know, many many different different things looking at at the LinkedIn. So, yeah, if anybody wants to learn how to how to use the tool called LinkedIn properly, I think LinkedIn Smart Podcast on all these major, you know, Apple Podcast or, or um, you know Google Podcast, all this you know, you will, you will find it there.
0: Great, great stuff. We'll put a link into that. We do a little blog post and we'll put the thank link you. in uh, on, on the social uh, channels as well. But it just remains for me to say, thank you very much. Vitek, thank you so much for your time. Uh, real pleasure to have you on. Really uh, appreciate you taking the time. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> and to everyone that's listening thanks for tuning in if you have anyone that you would like us to talk to uh, then drop us a line at wishlist at swenglinese.rocks or drop us a line on social media thanks very much for tuning in and we'll see you on the next episode thanks so much for listening to this episode of swenglinese with your hosts barry lee cummings and oscar and we'll catch you next time